I don't want to unleash my scorching middling takes until the <laughs> reels are rolling. <laughs> they, they show a Mandalorian ad before. Never mind. I'm just going to tell it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Save the story. All right. Well, if we think that's enough time, maybe we come back from the break on Jan 6 with our Star yeah. Wars thing. And then if the whole time isn't taken up with infighting about... <laughs> <laughs> about You're my, wrong. About that my opinions. Last. <laughs> uh, we could squeeze in Mandalorian there, or the next week. Episode 187 will end on 188. That seems like an important number for some reason. Michael, you're the number guy. 187 on a okay, cop. Mm-mm. I can't say no, that. Lyric. <laughs> I think I have to just start this podcast over. Hello, welcome to We Were Gamers, episode 187. We're going to bleep all the things JJ said. <laughs> Kids. Go look that lyric up and tell your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then. (laughs) I see a decided drop in our listener numbers. Mm. (laughs) Or an increase. (laughs) You know? Probably not. (laughs) You never know these days. Welcome back. This is a podcast ostensibly about gaming. Personally, gentlemen, it's the end of the year. We have two full weeks-ish left oh one and a half weeks left as of the date of this recording eight days to finish out a decade and i personally have too much junk in my house for people to come visit (laughs) so uh as per usual at the end of the year here we have or at least personally i have very little time for gaming so it's time to think about some stuff some some stuff at the end of the year but first some housekeeping guys JJ, hello. Hello. Michael, hello. Hey, everybody. Um, we did not, and thank you for pointing it out, mention on the monitors episode whether or not we thought it was good to go 4K or not. Uh, okay. I have an opinion. Okay. I think it depends on what you're looking for, right? I, I The answer with everything is always it depends, but... In this case, right, <laughs> how much are you spending on your video card? How much are you spending on the rest of your PC? Will you be able to actually hit 4K on anything other than, like, videos from Netflix or whatever? Right. Pre-rendered stuff and, is not the same. So you may so, not be right. pre-rendering yeah. games at a high enough rate. Right. And 4K is significantly more demanding than 1440p and much, much more significantly demanding than regular old 1080. One other thing to note with 4K especially is that um, I'm sitting here looking at a 27-inch monitor, and 4K may give me slightly more definition than 1440p, but it's going to be in things like text and small little places on the screen that you'll notice extra definition. It, it The PPI on a screen like a computer monitor is very already dense, right? So right, your they, gains may not be that high. You, yeah, they're intended for you to sit, you know, an arm's length away from the monitor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're already relatively 
the image is dense already. Yeah. And yeah, you know, eliminating that extra aliasing on the side of your font so that it looks like a smooth line instead of a little little jagged line uh, is nice, but also you know, you could just make the font smaller. <laughs> but I like I like my serifs crisp. Hey, you know, uh, then maybe 1440 or maybe uh, 4K is for you, Michael. Also, if you're like me and you want to drive two monitors all the time, you got to take a trade off there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Good point. Do you run your second? I didn't never ask you this. Do you run your second monitor all wonky tall like some people do? So at work, uh, I love it for that uh, because at work, I'm typically doing a lot of like text vertical stuff. And it's nice to just have a whole long – when these files are super long, thousands of lines, it's nice to be able to see more at once. And it's helpful for that. Uh, at home, I don't because typically what I'm doing on that second monitor is I have a web page or a video or something open on there. And at that point, I want the widescreen aspect ratio. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, Follow-up, second question. We actually got two on monitors, which is kind of crazy. Like oh, wow. we've had some episodes where we get one on like the component but then two uh no you don't need a crt <laughs> god no no please don't do that are you, Unless, are you the only purpose to having a crt is if you're trying to play like smash brothers melee well, yeah but that's a television right so and that's yeah exactly yeah. and then that's you don't need a computer for that <laughs> yeah all right. Uh, other housekeeping. Of course, we complained on the podcast last week that Warcraft 3 Reforged had not come out or had not been talked about in months. So January, JJ. Now it's January. Hey, um, great. I still <laughs> want to play it. Uh, you know, I don't. I guess I should like get around to pre-ordering it before it comes out. Then why? Okay, why? I don't know. Because yep. I'm going to play it eventually. I'm going to play it eventually too. But if they can't yeah, give I me mean, a release date, I'm not going to pre-order it. <laughs> I think they did now, though, right? Didn't yeah, but it's the same as January, this one. It was the end of the month, right? So they can move uh, it to the next month by the middle of the month when it's yeah, not ready. Okay. Anyway, um, let's it's just nice keep... that someone remembered to mention it. I guess sure, sure. <laughs> I think it was us because we mentioned it. They they made the announcement. Well, Blizzard person, you know, you, if you just aren't gonna do it in January either, you could just say March. You know, I mean, just email like, us at podcasts at we <laughs> just be, be proactive on yourself. You know, I'm just saying, save yourself the time of announcing it three times. Yeah. Hey, while we're on the uh, dour news train here, uh, Jamie wrote in with a story about the FCC, JJ. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hey, Michael. Ooh. Yeah. What, what you got? Yeah. Hey, um, did you know that other than Google Fiber... You kind of just can fudge your numbers on your internet speeds. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. AT&T apparently did not get some very good scores last year. And in the current market of things we've complained about before on this podcast, this is a very small subsection of... Uh, we don't do a lot of world news, really. But, but we've had a general focus on internet neutrality and, and the FCC... Uh, they didn't like the scores the FCC gave them with the metrics that had been put in place to, you know, make sure customers are getting served proper internet. Right. Or like, or like they're doing what they say they're doing. So they just sort of, you know, complained a little bit. And the current people in charge were like, yeah, you know what? Self-regulate. Tell them what you're giving them. 
Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How'd that go over? <laughs> um, about as well these new uh, pork self-regulation rules are going to go. Or the 737 Max. Oh! <laughs> The one that uh, Boeing had to cancel because it kills too many people? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, self-regulation. Good idea. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for housekeeping. Can we be done with it? Other than the housekeeping, I still have to do in my physical home since we're hosting people. Mm, the the most holiday. That's the adulting chore minute. right that's there. That's completely it. That's That's it. That's all of it. Yeah. Well, there's no time for that anymore, Andrew. No, there's no time for that. We need to talk about the end of this year, which is so rapidly approaching, we may not finish this podcast in time. (laughs) Good point. Thank you for keeping us on track. (laughs) Because I know we did this two years ago. I don't remember what we did last year because I wasn't there. So Mm. if one of you wants to remind me what we do near the end of the year on this podcast, someone please remind me. Uh, Andy and I might have played Portal. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds all right. I don't quite remember. No, no, yes. But yes, but no. Yes. We played Portal, but also we did a small episode called, um, Our Year in Things or something like that. And basically we decided, uh, there's a lot of gaming podcasts out there. There's a lot of really good ones out there. And I can guarantee you. If you go listen to those good ones, they're telling you about their game of the year. And, um, games or, yeah. There's about 20 games that come out every month, if not more, probably more. Yeah. I mean, the stats on Steam would agree that it's like way more. Let's just say <laughs> A to a triple A. There's at least 20 a month. Sure. Right. And, okay. Uh, we won't try half those games ever. And we won't try half those games until years later sometimes when, uh, like, like we much advertise on this show, you get value for your dollar. Um, because your time is valuable and you can only play so many games. So we don't feel like it's our thing to say what the game of the year was. Instead, JJ, last year we said what our experiences of the year were. Mine was getting a Switch and Michael's was actually into the breach. And we combined them and we said, you should buy a Switch and get into the breach on it. I like it. Mm-hmm. So this year, we're going to add you back into the pile, my friend, and make you go first, put you on the hot seat and say, JJ, what was your thing of the year? So I suspect that the thing of the year that I would pick would probably overlap with the thing of the year Michael might pick. (laughs) I was was wondering if you were... I had already prepared a second thing of the year in case Michael picked mine. I also have a backup. (laughs) All right. Wonderful. So then I am going to say one of the greatest games that I played this year. I really loved playing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. There we go. Beautiful. Okay. I had so much fun running around in that game. And I do mean running. Yes. The thing, it's a slight spoiler, I guess. Late in that game, you get a a shard. We maybe talked about it already, I think. Yeah, and you you don't have to. You have to go out of your way to find it. Right. It's in a side room, and it involves you winning a race. And the shard you get is the accelerator shard. And using that thing is probably the most fun I've had in a video game this year. (laughs) You run so ludicrously fast after that, that... It is just, 
you are like a torpedo of doom speeding across that castle. <laughs> it is not great. Just, <laughs> not just running fast, but you do damage while you're using the shard. So it's not like you have to avoid enemies. You just run through them. The torpedo of doom analogy holds true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except you don't explode. They explode. <laughs> the best <It's> torpedo. <laughs> the best torpedo. <laughs> uh, and that game is great. And there are like multiple fun uh, boss fights that are kind of off the hidden path or off the main path. Some of the side bosses are really fun. Uh, the the bo- boss fight against Iga that I think is DLC technically is really cool. Yep. Uh, and some of the other like post game kind of boss fights are all really, really sweet. So I can't say enough good things about that game. It is very, it is a kind of game that feels like they made you know, hey, this is Symphony of the Night, and they made another one of those, but then they also did all the stuff that game didn't do, and they're just like, ah, you know, what if we just made a whole bunch of just, like, random stuff for you to do in here? Hmm. You don't have to, but you can, and it's there, and it's fun, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> why not? Uh, just a super fun time. And there's more DLC coming out for this game somehow, I think. They, they're like, They just sent out an email today, I think. Uh, the the day of, that we're recording here saying that, you know, wishing everybody a, a happy end of the year and saying that they're working hard on all the DLC that's uh, still outstanding. Yeah, uh, they're adding they're adding in a whole second playable character Whoa. as part of the DLC. And I believe there are plans for a third playable character as well. Crazy. So oh. they are already they got all kinds of stuff lined up for and that was next PC year that. original release. It came out on PlayStation 4, Xbox, and okay. PC. Everything. And Switch. And, and it, then Switch and had some Switch, problems. Switch okay. came a little later. Supposedly, the problems are kind of fixed up, but okay. it's still a... It, it doesn't look as nice as it does on the other ones. But they at but. least fixed the major frame rate and hitching issues and all that sort of stuff. It's better, I'm told. Yes, okay. supposedly. That's good. At least they tried to address that sort of thing. Right on. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. What, just uh, quick, what's your backup? Uh, my backup was a game that I don't think either of you played. Uh, it specifically is that moment at the end of Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Okay. When I beat that final boss, it was like the weight had been lifted from my shoulders and I was ascending to the pinnacle of gaming Clearly, I was the god gamer now who could look down <laughs> upon the masses and tell you that I had beaten that game. The plebes. Yes. And God, it's such a good feeling when you are doing the cool samurai stuff in that game. Man, it's rad. Okay. And it is. And you died so many times. <laughs> Shadows <laughs> die 700 million times. Oh, God, so many times. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, while I give uh, Michael a minute to prep his backup, which he probably already has i'll I'll go next yeah i want to hear it all right i had a lot of runners up this year and uh i figured i can't do smash i've talked about it too much tetris 99 was on my last uh episode list for things michael should get for his brand new switch because it's free uh ten dollars twenty dollars a year if you want to play it online ten dollars if you don't so I guess it do, it does cost money, but the benefits of playing online are maximal, I think. And playing it offline could be fun too. I think Tetris 99 is good. 
I thought about making it Battlegrounds since I've put in so many hours recently into Battlegrounds. Also good. Good, but not even released. Still technically in beta. I th- uh, a game that was released this year, finally, Slay the Spire, I thought about for a little bit. Also great game. Couldn't also do it, great. though. JJ, I'm surprised you didn't mention Apex Legends. That's a fun game. Yeah. Still, I don't I think... I had, like, a really hot moment with that game, and then I just like, completely <laughs> went, forgot about it. It went cold. <laughs> all, I, the thing about all those are I liked to check in on them a little bit, and I think I'm going to cool on Battlegrounds eventually. So I couldn't make any of them my thing of the year. I went off the beaten path a little bit. It's not a game. Okay. My thing of the year is Disney. Okay. For since the beginning of the year to right now, this moment, maybe even by the end of this podcast, I think every single week I talked about something Disney. Probably influenced because you have two small children who probably enjoy watching and doing Disney things very frequently. Um, It's not improbable that that's partially the cause, but also they had a massive year, you know, Marvel. Oh, totally. um, Yeah. Marvel had the end of their gigantic saga of films this year. Right. And um, Endgame was a certifiable event for sure. It was a massive countrywide thing. And it starts the beginning of a whole new, what would you call it? uh, Run of films for them where they're going to start a, you know, new cinematic universe and a new thing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, They launched Disney plus successfully, you know, like it had one day of small hiccups and the content that's gone up there. I mean, we'll, talk about Mandalorian another time, but that's been fantastic. Having it around for the kids has been fantastic and watching movies that like, I never thought I would try to track down again, being on there, having other people ask to watch my Disney plus when they I were mean, over, I, you know, I watched like bed knobs and broomsticks recently. So like, you know, it's yep, a great movie. They're yep. clearly putting stuff on there. They are putting <laughs> stuff on there. Um, I feel like the, the new addition to the, Disney Park, I haven't seen yet, but Michael talked about fanatically for a little bit. Um, they're Still so jelly, dude. They had a massive year, yeah, a one for the record book, I think. And like in the middle of even having had the Last Jedi flop on them super hard, so much so that they tried to salvage Solo into something else and. Ruined well, that, that movie, la- too. You know well, what I mean? Solo was last year, right? I know. Solo was last year, but Last Jedi was yeah. the year before, and they just seemed like yeah. they were floundering after that. Yeah, the movie stuff was... Or the the big tentpole movie stuff seemed right. like it was in trouble. To come back in 2019 with a vengeance with everything they've done from parks to to shows to everything. I, I just... Uh, I look back at the year, and I feel like for some reason, aside, even aside from the kids, which factors into it obviously disney was a big part of my year that i couldn't escape in a good way <laughs> so my thing in the year this year was disney eh, in specific maybe disney plus if you had to pick a thing right but disney i think that's, that's fair yeah right. michael you're on the clock 
Yeah, so I think for mine, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go handheld um, and say that my my backup thing of the year was playing through Link Between Worlds. Mm. Oh man, what a good game, dude! That game yeah. rules so hard. I th- yeah, I, I was. Think- I was. It the only the only thing that made me sad about it was that I had not played it sooner. I think here we're gonna have to say next episode little preview. There's going to somehow be an epitaph to the 3DS, you know? <laughs> say farewell. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you can say farewell in your own way to it by putting a bunch of 3DS games on your things of the decade, right? True. Oh, yeah. did we even say that's what we're doing? Spoiler. Mm. Just We just did. <laughs> Guess we're doing it. <laughs> Next episode, things of the decade. All right, Michael. Well, that was your backup, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I think that was definitely my backup. It was... I think it was really cool to play a game that was set in a a video game world that I know so well, having played through uh, Link to the Past uncountably many times. Um, And then to have them put a a new twist on the, the play mechanic, the, you know, the whole flattening yourself against the wall to reach different areas. Did your DS while you were playing it feel long in the tooth? No, um, and and maybe just because I didn't have I didn't have any other alternative as a handheld. Okay. Are you playing with the 3D on? Um, yes, I was playing with the 3D on, but I don't think I had the 3D turned all the way up. Just that little bit of depth. Yeah, I think I usually put it somewhere around like seventy five percent. Not full, honey. I shrunk the kids. Yeah. That's a reference. Yeah, That's the, a Disney Park reference the- for those of you that haven't weren't there well, 20 years well ago done. when that was open. Well done. Yeah. Uh I will say that m- I played the vast majority of a Link Between Worlds with the 3D turned off and it is perfectly fine and playable. It doesn't so, lose anything. There are a couple puzzles I think where you have to like fall into holes and it's a little hard to gauge like which floor is what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the sideways puzzles are a little wonky, but it, once you figure out that's what you're supposed to do, you can kind of maneuver it. So it, it is totally playable. Like even if someone has a 2DS at home and you're thinking like, oh, well, this Link Between Worlds thing uses 3D, eh, y- you could get through it. So it, it's absolutely worth playing even on the systems that can't do the 3D. Right on. Because it's really good. Really good. Yeah. I I wish I will say one other thing that I I do wish is that they had included more um in the wall combat cuz they introduce yeah. it for the for the very end of the game yeah, you and basically then, never use it. Right, then you're like I I want more of this. Yeah, and in fact in a lot of cases early on in the game if the, you kind of are just doing normal Zelda stuff using the hook shot, doing the arrows, doing bombs. And if you remember that you have that power, you can cheese out a bunch of fights. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, meld into the wall, slide over to the side, now I'm behind him. That kind huh. of stuff. It's good. That game is good. Right on. And so we end here with, did you want to say anything else about Bloodstain since it's your thing of the year kind of too? <laughs> um, Did I have anything else? Uh, One of the things that I got, and this actually, this contrasts really well, so... I just finished playing through Chasm, 
And I think I told you guys about this. Yeah. Um, kind of similar procedurally generated. So it's not the same on, on any two playthroughs. Um, and I liked that, but it doesn't have a new game plus mode. And I think that games like this really kind of scream for something else that makes, you know, besides just the, the level design maybe changing in that case, but something else that, that once you makes you want to come back to it. Can I start a counterpoint argument? Sure. Yeah. I, I like the Castlevania style games have new game plus. Mm-hmm. especially when you fall in love with one of them, it's very valuable for people to be able to kind of um, still play their game, right? Like uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers, that story mode had a new game plus mode, and I liked it enough to play it again, obviously, right? Um, chasm, 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 chasm. chasm. <laughs> like a college dorm room chasm had ha- not having one that game was what a couple dollars more uh well i'm not sure because i wound up getting chasm for free ah okay <laughs> point stands i think <laughs> maybe certain developers benefit more from saying this is the game and moving on right sure. instead of can, trying to see that. sink I, there a, is... a lot of time into a new game plus that maybe a third of their base will play especially for somebody that's not building a bloodstained there is definitely a market for people who want shorter games i mean i think we could even be that market <laughs> yeah. you know we don't have a ton of time to play what if you could get an entire experience of a game in six to eight hours? You know, that doesn't feel that awful necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think there is, you know, there is room for both, right? And if they don't want to, if they want to just say, hey, here's the game, these are what you can do with these powers, go for it. Okay, that's their choice, right? And if yep. they want to add a mode that lets you run around, you know, in some new game plus type fashion. That was their choice too. And I don't think either are wrong. You know, just like it's, it's different kinds of things for different people, right? You're totally right that probably not everyone is going to engage with the new game plus. I didn't engage with new game plus in bloodstained. I just kept reloading my <laughs> end game save and going <laughs> off and screwing around in other parts of the castle before killing the last boss. So, you know, it's just a, uh, it's a question of, what kind of do they want this to be a game you're going to play a ton yeah and maybe they don't and that's fine but i think we've debated the new game plus on this podcast a couple times before and the values of it i think you guys have definitely won the arguments on in in terms of the having them in the game but sometimes i wonder about specifically in chasm's case because it's kind of a small development right whether they just benefit from saying you know and, and I saw, you know, I saw a comment in one of the forums from one of the developers who said exactly that, that, you know, they had some other things that they, that they weren't totally writing off new game, a new game plus mode, but they had some other development things that they wanted to focus on first and then they would assess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think that's totally fair. You know, yeah. in life, everything is a trade-off, right? If they're working on New Game Plus, they're not working on adding that extra enemy or the, you know, 15th room or the 10th boss or whatever. Or their next game. Or their yeah. next game. Yeah. So, you know, there's all kinds of uh, stuff. And I think that's a that's totally fair. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's see. Uh, we had Bloodstained, the Torpedo of Doom, Disney, the Mouse Returns. The Mouse of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> and Zelda Link Between Wall Fighting. That's Sounds our things right. of the year. <laughs> and with a backup of uh, of uh, Sekiro, right? Yeah, that was my, my backup <laughs> there. I don't know how to fit all these together as easily as last year. <laughs> this didn't work out <laughs> like it did before. You know, uh, diverse experiences here. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. It was pretty awesome. Well... Should we dip our toe in the pool of the most diverse experiences and say that the discourse calls to us? <laughs> maybe uh, people who don't want spoilers for the newest Star Wars film should turn this podcast off now. And we enjoyed listening and talking with you this year. And we'll, we'll see, see you next, you next week, week. <laughs> yeah. for our have things a, of the decade. Have a nice time, y'all. But. These opinions are about to rise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You got your last warning. Three, two, one. We're going to spoil the crap out of Rise of Skywalker, everyone. This is your last warning. Yes. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. ROS, as it's become known. Released on Friday. Much to the elatement of many including those who were waiting to smear it for whatever reasons they were waiting to smear it. <laughs> it th- guys, I, this movie reviewed very badly. <laughs> it did. And considering how the last one reviewed, I think I'm just done with reviews. The reviews of the last one were pretty good. And then after the fact kind of settled like lower than like not super high, but not middling. The first one, uh, the Force Awakens, right, was basically like loved by critics all over the place, and then this one was not. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I, mm, I, 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 I just am done listening to other people's opinions. <laughs> I really what? am, which is kind of funny to say since we're talking about our opinions on a podcast. I think, but that's you know, what we but- are doing because. We're here to talk to each other, and that's kind of it. And my God, I I'm don't, so curious to know what you guys think. I don't understand how they could trash this and not have trashed the last two. You know what I mean? Yeah. The same well, people. A, I I was curious, so I pulled up because I had seen going into Thursday what the critic score was. I avoided on. everything, including that. Uh, yeah. I looked at it intentionally because I knew I wasn't going to go for a few days, and I wasn't going to avoid it. It was low. Yeah, so the on on RT the critics had given Rise of Skywalker a 56%. The audience score at the moment is sitting at 86% and those numbers <laughs> looking back are almost an exact flip of where Last Jedi was. Yeah. The critics about gave Last say, Jedi yeah. 91% and the audience gave it 43. Garbage fire of a movie. I so have I rewatched Last Jedi right before I went and saw Rise of Skywalker. Still a garbage fire? Question mark. 
it's not great. <laughs> uh, the thing I will say about that movie compared with Rise of Skywalker is that movie at least took its time. <laughs> this movie didn't have any time for you to do anything. Here's do we want to have a character moment? No, sir, we don't. Let's get along. Hey, here's the MacGuffin. Great. Next thing. Oh, Chewie's dead. Nope. Next thing. Oh, here's the uh, next thing. You can't take more than 10 seconds to breathe before they have to jump to another plot point. I'm going to just throw this out there early because this was a, a, a note for later, but maybe you shouldn't interrupt the middle of your trilogy to let somebody direct a completely unrelated fucking movie in the middle of it bleep. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Nah. Fully yeah, maybe, agree. maybe, maybe you have to plan your movie out in advance, your trilogy, and not fit it into two movies, so you could just do a random one in the middle. Because yeah. this is two movies crammed into one. Oh, absolutely. It is. The, it, it's because they had to walk back all the stuff, and he's like, "Now nah, we're not doing that." All and they had to re- do reset it. Up. All they had to do at the end of the very first movie was kill Luke Skywalker. And they could have made this one into two movies. Disregarding what they should have done, right? They could have ended The Last Jedi with Palpatine being like, oh, man, damn, my plan to use Snoke didn't work. Guess I got to do it myself. Yeah. Maybe we should just do an explicit content warning here because, come on. That would have solved (laughs) so many problems just right there. Yeah. They literally introduce the MacGuffin bad guy in the scrolling text. The only thing that's ever been introduced in the scrolling Bro, I, text... I'm going to ruin your day. Was a ruin negotiation. I'm going to ruin your day. <laughs> Are you ready for me to ruin no. your com- your week? Yeah. You're going to have the worst it. Christmas of your life. They didn't introduce it in the scroll, buddy. They introduced it in Fortnite. So I heard about this, but I didn't. I didn't look into it because I didn't really care enough. Sure I mean, enough. also he was in the trailers. So he was like, in the yeah. trailers. That's fine. But the actual thing that happens in the scrawl with the transmission to the universe and stuff, there was like a full-on twenty-minute animated cutscene inside of Fortnite in which this happens. That's Event. pretty shitty. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Let's talk. I definitely do- did not even know that. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that just kind of didn't get resolved or was resolved somewhere else. Like Lando at the end of it. Did you realize he's talking to his daughter? Is she actually, though? Sure is. How do you know that? Because the book says so. Ah, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, She's getting her own spinoff book. Okay, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I made one, well, so I made that assumption. That I made that assumption is. too. As they, a they, they yeah. were kind of really heavy handed. As, as watching the film, I was into the. Fi- we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get to the end of the beginning of this again because I actually kind of liked this movie quite a bit, but I also have a lot of complaints about this. Movie. <laughs> I, so hold on, though. I want to hear like what is your overall impression? Because like I feel like I'm kind of meh on it it had a lot of like really great emotional moments at the end the entire first half of the movie felt like it was taking drugs or something so it was moving way too fast (laughs) but otherwise like i was generally okay with it i didn't come away like wowed or anything i would call myself bemused by it and assume it was the maybe best of the three probably at least, I, at least, certainly the most aspirational in terms of its plot. A hundred percent agreed about that. Sure, 
Yeah. Um, I like this one. I think it got back to, I think it got back to like the, the humor and the fun that made some of the original movies so good. Uh, I feel like it had to do, I feel like it, one of the drawbacks is that it had to do a lot of course correcting. Yeah. Part of what made the beginning of it feel so frantic. Uh huh. There's a definitely, and notwithstanding the death of the one of, the Carrie Fisher, right? Like who I assume was right. supposed to make it through this whole film. Uh, honestly, I yeah. think they handled it as that could have gone. They did a pretty good job of not making it terrible. It, yes. And it just causes a lot of rewriting. I'm sure. Right. Like yeah. that lightsaber was definitely not supposed to be handed to her by her picking it out of a rock. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's an emotional scene that was supposed to happen with that lightsaber that they never got to shoot. I'm sure. And, and doing a whole, actually, by the way, she was in Jedi training. You know, that's that's another scene they never got to do where, you know, Carrie Fisher right. gets to tell her, actually, I trained as a Jedi and I tried to prevent my son becoming a Sith by not being a Jedi, you know? Yep. Right. Um. So there's a lot of that stuff that's a mess. And there's a lot, yeah, like you said, of backtracking. That's a mess. There's a lot of mess, but I didn't, I walked out of the first one being like, why did I have to watch another Death Star? I walked out of the second one being like, hyperdrive suicide, huh? <laughs> and then <laughs> and then this one, I was like, okay, cool. We got a Star Wars movie out of these three. Right. I think the, the only criticism, well, I don't know, the only criticism. There's a lot of criticism. Dude, I still have a, more. A, a criticism you can level at the first one is that they just did A New Hope again, right? Yes. It is like shot for shot. So you got beat. And so you got a Star Wars movie, right? Sure. You literally got the, the, the archetypal but, Star Wars but movie. Almost, yeah, but almost, however, right farcical. Exactly. Of course, of course. And that's the problem, right? They they adhered too close to the formula. And so in the second one, they're like, burn the formula to the ground. <laughs> everybody <laughs> hated our- that, so let's just start over. And then they're like, Ooh, our- everybody hated that. Let's start over again. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a... It was clearly a case where they got bit by the fact that they did not have a three arc movie planned in advance, uh, and they should have because they said uh, they absolutely did. they should have. They, they said did. they did, and it clearly they, didn't happen. Right? Wrong. Like <laughs> <laughs> anyway, someone had it in their head. They didn't do a good job you, of conveying want, it on the screen. Look, you want you want more random stuff that got dropped from this movie. Finn never tells her what what the thing oh, is yeah. in the sand in the quicksand <laughs> that appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. They fall off the skiff. There's no quicksand. The scene ends. Now they're in quicksand. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Finn says, I got to tell you something. Oh, never mind. I'm never going to say it for the rest of the movie. We'll tell you. I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later that, by the way, thank God we retconned the fact that Finn wasn't force sensitive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had all those feelings, you know. Yeah, <laughs> which all is, throughout the movie, those. Which feelings. honestly, in, I mean, it's one of the things. I, at the end of the first movie, you're like, okay, so anybody can just hold a lightsaber and use it now. Great, cool. Uh, and then in this one, they're like, no, 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 it's cool. Fens attuned to the force, <laughs> and he holds a lightsaber again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, but this movie should have been called, I think. Star Wars, why do stormtroopers bother with armor? <laughs> Someone made that comment as we were walking out of the theater. Like, why did the stormtroopers even bother with armor? You think if they just didn't wear it, 
they'd probably cut their losses in half because they'd be more agile. Well, what's hilarious to me is uh, that it's for the intimidation factor only. There's no other reason. I like that Finn has I wouldn't suddenly wear the a plastic. crack shot without the armor. Yeah, he doesn't have a helmet blocking his view. <laughs> sure, yeah. I love that. Oh, man. Ah, I can't even say it. It's in The Mandalorian. What? Oh, no, you can't talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Michael, you know what I'm talking about, though. I think All right, so. no side <laughs> conversations. Here. Let's keep it on the point. Look, there's enough to talk about with this movie. You don't okay, have to okay, talk okay, about okay, 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 okay. I will say... For a movie that got panned so hard, there was a lot of like really emotional stuff. I think sure scenes was. that were actually good, and even I complained about it moving too fast. But there were parts where it was like, "This is a nice character moment here between Ben and his dad on the waves," you know, kind of getting his forgiveness out of and what happened there. And I, they, that was a great scene. And I it believed exactly echoed the scene in episode seven. Right. right? I know. What, I know yes. what I need to do, but I don't know that I'm strong enough to do it. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I, it was a great scene. Yep. And there's a lot of that um, that may may feel rushed for other reasons. Um, Chewie's breakdown when Leia passes away. Finally, he gets you know to be sad about people dying. Yeah, um, that, was a, that was a good moment. I really wish that there had been a story reason why three PO couldn't get his memory back because his scene where he says, "I'm taking one last look at my friends," makes you kind of realize like that dude's been in nine movies, not just three PO, but Anthony Daniels also. 3PO was literally invented in episode one. Yeah. Yep. And and that actor and that robot has been through it all. And like, that was actually somewhat poignant. To, they, they gave time to the fact that they were going to wipe him, even though they had that little rat thing making jokes the whole time. Baba, yeah. whatever. Babu, Babu Frick. Babu Frick, which I don't entirely mind until he shows up later. Uh that was it was an easy laugh in the gratuitous fan service scene <laughs> but yeah you didn't like seeing wedge again <sighs> what was it I supposed just, to be wedge i it, didn't it know is it was just generic old guy no it is old wedge Antilles. show is wedge Antilles. it is the actor. i understand that yes. however it looks like generic old guy to me sure i yeah. guess I guess you give them the benefit of the doubt and say that he had left the Alliance at some point and was retired, and that's why he wasn't working with General Organa, but it kind of feels like Wedge Antilles would probably have still been involved. Mm -hmm. Ah, you're bringing in some things. I'm bringing in stuff from the outside, but he was in his old X-Wing outfit, which is why I was kind of like, huh, (laughs) why didn't they just put him in, like, smuggler's clothes? Because I guess people wouldn't have recognized him. Yeah, that's exactly why. But I, I, I saw him in the thing, and I didn't recognize I him. I would have recognized so, yeah. him. <laughs> but I did like seeing Wedge Antilles. The whole, like, hey, you were blown up on the planet, girl, coming back was a little odd. And then you get Babu Frick popping up. The, the reason maybe that's kind of, like, gratuitous there is that there's just no stakes, right? It's There's no stakes in that fight. You can tell. I don't know. Spoiler alert: The good guys win at the end of a movie. Like, <laughs> yeah is is that like you know in that sense there are no stakes to anything. There's no but, stakes because they they had the whole fleet blown up last the last movie. Yeah, that's why you know they had to go have Lando recruit literally everyone or something. Yeah, like why didn't they just have Lando go do that ten movies ago and have an army? <laughs> like, what is this whole thing, man? I don't. 
I don't know. There's I some don't know. definite. Let's uh, let's take some of the before we run out of time. Let's take some of the things that people are upset about online for a okay. sec. Okay. Yeah. Raise parents. I okay. I I get why people are upset about it. I think it's kind of lame to have made her the daughter of Palpatine. The uh, granddaughter. Granddaughter. Sorry. Uh, the story could have worked equally as well as she is the chosen one from nowhere, right? It, he, she is the the magical one who was going to unify the Sith or whatever legend they wanted to make up. This that same story would have been equally as good as she's his grand. Hmm. So, I don't. I, so I I understand that complaint. I'm not like particularly mad that they did this. It's just that I think that it could they could have just not done it and saved themselves time. <laughs> the movie was too full already. That would have been an easy cut for me anyway. Um, but you know, you guys feel like they really it was good. Did they need to do that? Um, I don't know when they made up the force dyad thing if they made it up for this movie or not uh it apparently I, I was curious about that too apparently it gets introduced in episode seven okay i'd have to go back and rewatch it because i definitely don't remember that i Maybe feel this is the reason her and kylo could have forced fights and talks when they're god knows where pass lightsabers through space yeah mm-hmm. i didn't mind that they had established I'd- that they could do that yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. Yeah, no, I liked it. They'd been setting it up for a while. Yeah, but the idea that those two are some sort of like two for one thing in the Force, it kind of almost makes sense that they had to tie in some sort of relationship to the Skywalkers somehow, without her being like Luke's kid, right? Mm-hmm. They could have been cousins or something, but instead, I don't know what you're left with. She can't be many of the other famous Jedi's. I, I mean, but who was who was Luke? Right? You know, Luke was Vader's kid. Who was Vader? Vader was just some kid they found on a planet. You know. Hmm. So it, at the end of the day, there was already like a chosen one myth. It could have been the same anyway we could talk about whatever it could have been this is what they did (laughs) yeah i don't and that kind of you know leads into the the skywalker thing right like right she's a skywalker because she chooses they chose her to be a skywalker or something she chooses chooses for herself to be right at the end she's like oh what's you know what's your family name oh uh i choose to be skywalker Mm -hmm. which you know okay she earned it at the end of that one. I guess all the other ones were dead, so might as well be her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we seem lukewarm on the Palpatine thing on your guys' end. I kind of liked it a little bit. I didn't I, dislike it, but yeah. Lukewarm. I think it it worked for them to for them to set the characters up as foils of each other, right? The child of the light side who embraces the dark and the un- unwitting child of the dark side who 
becomes a Jedi. It's currently a, it's like a yin yang thing. Maybe it, it exactly. feels cheap to a lot of people because Palpatine pops up in this movie. Yeah. I think if they had not, it, if they had done, you know, more with Palpatine in this, in the last Jedi or the movie before, maybe it would feel more earned, but it sort of just felt like surprise. Right. Yeah. We're putting him in so that we can make Ray his granddaughter. Right. Okay. Literally. Yeah. That's what it felt like. But yeah. Eh. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what are the Palpatine being in the film, you guys? Yes? No? I was good with that. I mean, he's he always kind of was the ultimate villain, right? For six movies. Yeah, sure. So the the fact that it comes back to him again in in the end was it it felt like it offered to, to have him finally defeated. It felt like it offered good closure. Do we believe the weird cultist planet with Ray killing millions of people in the arena there? Uh, they were bad people, so... <laughs> I, you know what? I in think Star Wars, it is okay to kill bad people, as we've seen, <laughs> by blowing up the ships with millions of people on them also. Um, I, but, I think yeah. my issue with that is just the ask from the the average audience member who doesn't have necessarily the same depth of Star Wars knowledge of, hey, there's a planet full of these people called the Sith. They're really bad. Okay, yeah. Right. Without knowing, because they don't, they don't introduce anything about the Sith in this movie. They just expect you to know it. Or honestly, in either of the other two movies. Where they could even, have or should have. Even less. Even yes. less in, in seven and eight. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Seven, seven could have stayed what it was, which is not great, but it could have stayed that way if eight had done the lifting. Like, much like. Yeah, if they Empire had made, Strikes Back did for the original trilogy. <laughs> if they had made it so that it was really obvious that Snoke was working for the Emperor, right? You know, in 8, that could have been a whole thing. But Instead of in this movie, you seeing a bunch of Snoke clones. Yeah. In a tank. Yeah, like if you'd, if you'd introduced that in 8. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh-huh. The, I, yeah, it, Kind of literally the same thing I said about it before, but like it, Palpatine was clearly put here to correct a bunch of other stuff. I didn't mind that they did it with him. It was just the, like they could have not done it also, but they had already like- killed the guy that they were going to use for this purpose at the second eight. So then got to walk it back somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe that was the plan in the long run. It just wasn't right. Done right. Yeah. Um, other things that people are mad at. We already talked about Lando's end scene. Talked about. Hmm. Oh, the, uh, well, oh, so we said we're, you guys are good with her being Skywalker at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. All, yeah. all the other ones are dead. Who's to say no. <laughs> I mean, who's to say they wouldn't say yes, even if they weren't dead. I think they did yeah, say exactly. yes. They forced ghosted yeah. and they nodded at her. That's true. It's it's like the end of Return of the Jedi where uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan show up and wave at, at Luke, you know? I love the payoff of staring at that stupid staff for three movies and going, why is the tip of it a lightsaber? And then at the end of the third movie, they're like, it was a lightsaber the whole time. She turned it into a lightsaber, guys. And you're just like, yeah, we we got it. <laughs> like the first yellow, time we saw the staff, one. I saw the nozzle. 
<sighs> All right. Uh, how did Finn know that the old X-Wing was Red 5? It still had a call, like, it's transponder. Kinda, yeah, it's still transmitting the same oh, thing. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. The better question is, how did technology not move forward in 30 years so that they could actually recognize it? Well, but don't they don't they do that same thing in is it New Hope or Empire Strikes Back where they use the stolen code and the the guy on the Death Star makes a comment? It's an old code, but it still checks out. Maybe, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, they were going to flag it and pull him in, and then Vader yeah. let him go. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they knew it wasn't like they got away with it. Yeah. Um, man. There's a lot of stuff, but I think the biggest one that people are upset by starts with, do you believe Ben Solo's redemption? Yeah. I I think that is, I, I think whether you buy that scene. We were always Han, headed there. It, the question is either you buy that scene with him and Han or you don't. And then that kind of makes or breaks the rest of the movie, I think. I think you had to have bought in earlier. I think you had to have bought in at the end of eight when he invites ray to help him basically tear down the old order and build something new yeah right i mean he, he takes over as supreme leader but if you if you bought in at the end of eight that he just wants to he wants to build something different then you could believe that he's he's willing to make this switch to tear down the old way uh, ray had been saying as far back as seven and eight that she sensed good in him and she kept sensing it throughout movie eight and throughout this movie too so you know finally paying off the long awaited scene i mean i i bought it right so i thought it was it worked uh, i could totally see an alternate version where i didn't buy it but i thought it worked mm-hmm. all right we've been watching him for three movies in general Ben Solo seems to just stalk her across the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Much of the time where he's unwanted. How do you feel about the end? How it all comes to a head. Ray gives it all. She dies. He brings her back with the same power, right? That uh, she used to save his life. And then... uh, they kiss, right? Yeah. That one has gotten maybe the most flack aside from her parentage being Palpatine on the internet. Yeah. I don't know. The, the kiss wasn't earned. So I get I get that. Uh I don't know. The the like life for a life stuff I was cute i guess in that you knew they didn't want her to die because she's the she's the luke skywalker of this thing and he's the like you know kind of like the darth vader analogy so he had to die i guess to fill that role so i wasn't mad about the resolution there um yeah i don't know it wasn't like my favorite on-screen kiss ever (laughs) It, it i guess to me it felt just sort of like he was saying goodbye and that that's how I read it. Mm-hmm. They kind of been force flirting for like three movies, it, I it guess. Again, feels like maybe bad. it was a one sided situation. Certainly. Yeah, it's kind of bad. 
So you're left with, did she make the choice, right? And if so, was it, it felt maybe like it wasn't like a we're in love sort of thing, but more like a, I know this is the end for you kind of thing. She didn't like cry about him going right yeah (laughs) i think the funniest comment i saw about this is i'm surprised people are getting so worked up about ray and ben kissing when episode four literally has incest in it (laughs) yeah Yeah. not wrong (laughs) how mad do you think all those people that were shipping poe and finn are i man i don't know (laughs) what I think about (laughs) Poe and anyone. It just really was a... You know, with the walking back that they did, they also walked back a lot of Rose. uh, And her... Rose is gone. Her role in the movie basically was like, hello, side character. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised she didn't bite it. bye. Yeah. So, and since she and... Finn basically spent the entire last movie together, right? Uh, since they were walking her back, now they needed to do something with Finn romantically because they needed to have romance in the movie for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I Finn felt like a character in search of like a storyline, and he kind of found one there finally at the end. But man, <laughs> he just kind of ran around behind Ray like a puppy. A little bit, yeah. I got to go to the Death Star to chase her over there. Why? Yeah, exactly. She clearly showed she didn't need him. What was he doing there? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of mess. I want to know where Ben Solo found that working TIE fighter. (laughs) That ruined Death Star. In the wreckage of the... Man, that is lucky. (laughs) He was, you know, he was pretty late to the party. Probably took him a while. I mean, you must have. You saw how big that wreck was. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that part. A lot of people complained about them going back to the Death Star. And I'm like, we literally they made a Death Star for the first movie, and you're complaining about walking into the ruins of the other one with the themes I, that are happening I, I, in this I film. I liked it, too. I, liked yeah. it. I, enjoy, I enjoyed the scene where Kylo comes back to his like meeting of generals and was like, after all these terrible things that have happened and all the losses and that stupid Starkiller base, <laughs> they all look at that guy. <laughs> And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I think the, standout I, moment of the film, though, was General Hux getting aced. The other general going like, oh, they made you, huh? Bam, right in the chest. We found the spy. <laughs> it was good. That though the moment the moment for me and this was something that I just it it popped into my head and I had to try really hard not to start laughing because it was kind of the climactic moment of the movie. But when Palpatine has his line at the very end, you know he's he's firing the Force lightning at Ray, and he says something along the lines of "I am the Sith." There's a beat in there where Ray's gathering her strength, and my head just fills in, and I am Iron Man. <laughs> I had a similar oh beat. Oh my god. I had a very similar beat when he said all the Sith live in me, you know, in the movie. He told mm-hmm. he told Ben that all the voices he'd ever heard were Palpatine, just different versions of his voice. And mm-hmm. and then Ray starts to hear 
hears she Jedi first toys. hears Ben, she first hears uh, Obi Wan, then she hears Luke, then she he- you know she starts to hear all the Jedi, Yoda, Mace Windu, yeah. and all I could think about was that scene from Robot Chicken where Darth Vader aces the um uh the Gungan, what's his name, um Jar Jar, Jar, Jar. Jar. yeah he aces Jar Jar Binks who comes back as a Force ghost and all he can say over and over is Annie. <laughs> and he bugs him at all hours of the night and stuff like that that's all i could think about was like she's gonna have all the sith and all the jedi voices in her head the rest of her life man i thought for a minute the way that was gonna end was she was gonna kill him and have all the jedi and all the sith together it's balance huge, you know liter- huge, literally bring balance huge balance force you know? ghost fight or no, just, you know, the, the whole point about it is bringing balance to the forest. Well, if all of them are together in one person, balance. Yeah. But, well, man. one would argue, right? Uh, I like the end, so in, I, I can't be mad about it. And one would argue in a better version of this trilogy, when Anakin was told he brings balance to the force, it's kind of true, right? Yeah. He has mm-hmm. a grandson that forces... Luke to train the woman that will eventually bring balance to the force. And you could, you could have rewritten it a lot of different ways that it kind of works out, but it kind of worked. I don't know. Is it the, I think a lot of the prophecies in star Wars, you got to look at real, (laughs) real off to the side and not Mm -hmm. directly at, otherwise they don't say it. Squint squint out of the corner of your eye. They called it the Skywalker saga. Do we think it's that? Do we think it's the three PO saga or the Palpatine saga? Well, it's certainly not the Palpatine saga. He's only in one movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. The whole thing. All nine movies are called the Skywalker Saga. Oh, I see. Okay. I think yeah, it's the I 3PO so. Saga. Yeah, okay. Or I, R2. I, is he in the first one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, he and, and oh, Anakin yeah. find their way onto the, the space station. That's right, and he flies right. around in the Naboo Starfighter with him. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's the droid saga. <laughs> Clearly, the only character that survived the entire thing was R2-D2, so he's the best one. Unscathed, yeah. No, he gets blown up in... Well, he gets blown up several yeah. times. Yeah. But yeah, but they they always patch him up. The real virtue is not being, you know, living forever through the forest. It's just being a droid, so they can just repair you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, odd that not a lot of Force people tried to help her out, huh? Anyway, hey. I don't know. I, I come away with it with uh, having gone through the other two movies, so better. <laughs> yeah. If I if I came to one cinematic conclusion after this weekend, it's that you guys should go see Knives Out. I keep hearing about this <laughs> film, and it did better in China than Star Wars did this weekend. I'm just going to throw that out there. I, You know, I think there's something to be said about coming away from a movie like really enthused. And I did not come away from this movie super enthused, but I wasn't like mad like I have been sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, but then also like, eh, you know, people are really loving Knives Out. So <laughs> <laughs> and look, look at it this way, guys. It could have been worse. It could have been Cats. People were enthused about that, but in a different way. <laughs> Very different reason. I've never heard of a day one patch for a movie before, but they've done it. 
Mm-hmm. They have the technology now. Yep. Special edition is released at the same time while it's still in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Studio edition. The director got fired. There's no director's cut anymore. <laughs> Woof. All right. I think you mean meow. I mean meow. Thank you. <laughs> Why couldn't you save that to the end? Oh, I can't even do our social media after such a good ending. All right. Well, if you, if, yeah. If people want to get at us, we're podcast at weweregamers.com. Send an email there. We will read it and talk about it on the air. Uh, we are on social media at weweregamers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Wherever fine podcasts show up, you search for this, we'll be there. And on YouTube, search for We Were Gamers on there. Give it a subscribe. All these podcasts are on there. And they're sorted. It's helpful. All right. Previews. Next week, things of the decade, and we're at last component class ever. Whoa. Not last podcast, just the part section of that. And it's not, that might not strictly be true, but the last for building this particular computer. So that'll be their last episode of the year. And then... uh we want to do more Star Wars discussion, despite what it sounds like. So look forward for that <laughs> in the new year. Because things will be coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm.